Chiefs take a hit to their running back depth as they got some unfortunate news about Jarek McKinnon, who's on IR. We take a look at coaching vacancies and much more coming up on Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Welcome in to Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. I'm your host, Dr. Frank. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Leckie and Big B. Brian Haley. Nick, how was your week, sir? It's been great. It's been great. Uh, I guess uh, our kids are officially soft up here in Kansas City because they canceled school today for no apparent reason whatsoever. Whatever. Look at the snow on the ground. They're scared. Scared to yeah. compete. They were. They really were. They really were. That's how it goes. That's how evolution works, I guess. Big B, how are you doing down there in Texas? I know, look, it's not as cold as it is up here down there, but I know it's going to get colder down there. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, we are soft down here. I, I am not built for it. <laughs> so I, my blood has thinned out. So when it starts to get cold here early next week or, or Sunday, I'm going to batten down the hatches. It's going to be brutal. Look, I uh, had done a little bit of uh, looking into the weather for the Chiefs game. I think it's gotten worse since I looked. I made a TikTok video about it. I think it's now, the high is now negative one, I believe, on Sun or on Saturday for the Chiefs game. I'm going to double check, do a little bit more research here in our research department. Uh, yes, uh, Saturday, oh, a high of eight, sorry. Sunday's the high of negative one, um, with Monday a high of zero. So it's going to get a little chilly unseasonably cold uh at least that's what the national weather service is saying for the chiefs dolphins game will it be too cold for the dolphins we'll have to see but a big part of probably the chiefs dolphins i guess you just have to listen to five things for more information about this uh dolphins game is going to be the running back department getting the running game going for the chiefs for the dolphins both of these teams really are going to need to uh get the dolphin or get the running game going but some news came down on uh, Wednesday about a running back that, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs has had a lot of postseason success. That's Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon last year had more touchdown catches than um, Justin Jefferson. That's one of my favorite stats to pull out about last year because Jarek McKinnon was probably one of the biggest reasons the Chiefs made God the one seed when they did and were able to make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. He's not going to be returning. He had a surgery, I believe, on... Uh, uh, January 2nd is what uh, Matt Derrick of uh, of Chiefs Digest reported. He had an article out there. That's where I'm getting all this information on. Had tip to Matt Derrick. does great work uh, out there. Covering the Chiefs, he underwent a procedure on January 2nd in Philadelphia performed by a noted core muscle specialist, Dr. William Myers. And in addition to the muscle tear, McKinnon also sustained a fracture in his pelvic bone. That sounds like it hurts. He was placed on the injured reserve on December 24 with a groin injury. And uh, Andy Reid hasn't made a definitive statement publicly on his potential return, but like that injury takes a while. That surgery takes a while uh, to recover from. Uh, Matt Derrick made a note in his article that tight end Blake Bell underwent a similar surgery last year performed by the same doctor, and he missed the first 14 weeks of 2020. <laughs> 2022. God dang. So it's not in weeks. Yeah, it's not an easy uh, injury to come back, easy surgery to come back from. Um, yes. Shout out Jet Mac. 
Uh, <laughs> shout out to our friends at uh, Amateur Hour who are called Jerk McChicken. Uh, and look, there's there's a good Jerk McChicken, man. Every now and again, you get a good Jerk McChicken game going on, and, and he cooks a little bit. Uh, as against the Dolphins, he had that touchdown on that little uh, burst route, I think is what Chase Daniel called it, uh, where he just kind of went to open space because three people were covering Travis Kelsey, as they usually do, and he had a walk-in touchdown. Uh, but Big B, I want to start with you. How do you see the impact of Jaron McKinnon not coming back uh, for the rest of the season, for the really for the foreseeable future? How does that impact the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs? Well, I think it does, but because just what you said, he's so good out of the backfield catching the ball. And as we all know, the Chiefs have had problems catching the football, but he's a pretty sure-handed guy, uh, and it's just another weapon that you know it, that they may need, uh, you know, going down the stretch here to to be able to produce for him. So we'll see what they can do uh, outside of that. This game, though, that's coming up. Um, I don't know how much of a factor he's going to be because I think the Chiefs going to. I think both teams are going to have to try to run the football in cold, windy conditions. So, um, that, for this game, I don't know how much it'll be a factor. Uh, but a short passing game that obviously can still be effective. But the Chiefs will definitely miss. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he hasn't been a factor all season, right? And so the Chiefs aren't going to really. I mean, you miss him. Uh, last year was last year. Yeah, yeah. He he did his part last year, and now I think it's going to be up to not only Pacheco, obviously, because you know they'll key on him, but we'll see if you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Mister I have shit to do when the uh, parade's going on, Super Bowl parade. Uh, it really wants to contribute this year, you know. So he, yeah. he runs like a like a ten year vet who's you know been in the league for a minute, but he's. He has not made that that effort, right? I would like to see him put that effort in fresh legs, McGee, and get it. You know, time to shine, buddy. You know, so he's playing for another team. Like, is this his contract year? Is he up? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they no way the Chiefs are bringing him back either. No, they, they didn't. it. Honestly, they they didn't pick up his fifth year option either. I don't I don't believe uh, before the season started because they would have had to do that uh, before the season started. But what one thing about this injury that makes me wonder is like is this it for Jarek McKinnon? Like he's 31 years old already. He's had a lot of lower body injuries. He tore his ACL twice. Uh, he missed two years coming back from it because as he was rehabbing a torn ACL, he tore it again. Uh, so like he's he's had an uphill battle just to get back with the Chiefs. Um, and he had that really good year in San Francisco, which then led him to Kansas City winning the Super Bowl there. As I mentioned, a really key a really key piece in last year's team, but this year just hadn't gotten it going. And I think a big part of it is is that like Andy Reid, the coaching staff, the offense understood kind of his situation. They understood he's 31 years old. He might not bounce back as quick as he used to uh, in terms of a lot of these other things. I think Nate Taylor on an, on an Only Weird Games podcast we have, you know, Nate's in the locker room every day talking to Jarek, and Jarek's it's like, hey, how come we're not seeing you very much? And he just like pointed at his legs, and then like he he was he was very aware of just like yeah, I gotta I gotta save this. Like I've I've only got so much juice left. And it sucks to see. I don't want to see him go out this way, right? Just because of how much he's made to really Kansas City, and then in terms of getting that Super Bowl, as I mentioned, I don't, I don't want to totally overstate his importance to the team. But he, I feel like he was pretty important down the stretch last year. There were some times where they were in the overtime game with the Texans, who had Davis Mills as their quarterback, and he was a big reason why they won that game. Um, but I have part of me wonders if like they, if this is it for for Jerick McKinnon. It wouldn't surprise me if he comes out after the playoff run and be like, he's like, hey, you know what? 
I just don't want to rehab from this. Like that's the thing. Is like I don't want to rehab to try to get back to football shape. Uh, I, I, it, it's it's going to be tough, um, especially uh, with the depth piece of it is is kind of the, my biggest thing. Because I had done a little bit of, I heard a stat like a couple years ago about running backs makes an average of two games a season, and then I went and updated it before this season started. And starting running backs makes an average of three games a season. So like you're looking at starting running backs uh, that is a position of attrition. So you need three or four guys back there really that it's going to help alleviate that attrition from. He, McKinnon was a really good depth piece in terms of all that. He's really good in pass pro too, so they're going to miss that. In terms of it, I worry mainly when it comes to um, when it comes just the depth of that room. Like they'll, they'll have an opportunity to fix it, you know, obviously next this offseason. But for this playoff run, especially as you both of you guys mentioned, like they're going to need to rely on the running game for probably pretty heavy in this first game. I, I don't know how much that how much attrition that'll add to the running back room, Big B. I mean, yeah, I don't know, uh, but Nick's right. He wasn't a factor all year. Yeah. So I got to believe that the Chiefs are used to playing without him. Now, they may have been counting on him in the playoffs, getting him ready, ramping him up and all that stuff. But, I, I mean, I, I got to think that they have a game plan knowing that he wasn't going to be there. He wasn't going to be that much of a factor. Um, I, I, I just believe that they have that. Because if, I, I, if they didn't, they're crazy, and I don't believe that the Chiefs prepare. No, the guys that are preparing the team, I don't think Andy Reid and company are crazy. So I, I just don't know how much of a factor. He'll be missed, obviously, and anybody that's hurt is always missed, yeah. but he just wasn't that big of a factor this year. I, I, I think that the biggest thing is that you look at Week 18 when they had a chance to rest players and look at who was inactive, and, yeah. and that'll tell you who they're going to be banking on for this playoffs, right? Rashi Rice, Kadarius Tony, Travis Mahomes. Um, I forget who the one defensive guy was. It Legarius? Yeah, he didn't know, right? So that, that's either. Yeah, yeah. So that that's who the Chiefs are banking on. So he hasn't been a factor all year. They're they've moved on. It's going to be Clyde and Pacheco, and then you know we're going to see Perrine what they have to do, and it's going to take everything, man. It's going to take you know receivers keep getting it going, and um, yeah. it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm more excited that uh. Or I'm disappointed that uh, Draco Malfoy uh, is out for the Dolphins. You know, so that that's that's the real big, big problem. Are you talking about Luke Van Ginkle? Yes, I am. 100%. I was going to say <laughs> one one hundred percent Lucius Malfoy in the flesh, House House Slytherin uh, with the long flowing hair. You know, so just just pure uh, pure magic, right? Yeah. Hey, I know we may get into this, but I'm like, does Miami have any defensive ends that are going to play? They're going to have Justin Houston. They just signed Justin Houston this week, and they're going to have off the street. It's just like, wow. They have him healthy, and I think they have uh, Emmanuel Ogwell, also a former Chief, and Melvin Ingram, also a former Chief. They just have have former Chiefs. uh, I think they call them outside linebackers in their defense. Uh, But defensive ends out there, they're – they're beat up. They're really beat up on the on the yeah. defensive line and kind of everywhere. Really, they could get healthier on the in the back end with Zayvon Howard and um, uh, Javon Holland. Uh, those guys could come back, but I mean, they haven't practiced yet. Like mm-hmm. you're you're looking at uh, Xavier Howard and Javon Holland haven't practiced yet. Teron Armstead was limited on Wednesday, didn't practice on Tuesday, and he's listed. I, we'll, we'll probably dive into this a little, a lot more on the Five Things podcast. So make sure you go and listen to that on uh, on Saturday when that comes out. 
but he's listed with a knee, ankle, and back injury on the injury report. Can you tell that that's a that's a that's a wild card round injury report? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's a week thirty report, right? <laughs> First week of playoffs, the middle of January report is what that is. And if you can't get up for a playoff game, you know, I, I expect everybody, in, unless you're out on Saturday, unless you can't practice or Friday for a walkthrough, you're good to go. You'll yeah. do whatever it takes come playoffs. Like this is new season, everything behind you. Let's start fresh. Here we go. And guess what? Tucker, um, there's a reason why, like, like this is like an offensive playbook. Yeah. And this is a defensive playbook. You right. try to mold it. I'm holding, <laughs> I'm holding a sheet of paper if you're listening to this online and versus like a thick book. Because defense, it's like, hey, set the edge, tackle the quarterback. I don't know. It's not hard. It's right. not hard at all. There's like five, there's like five plays on defense. It's reactionary, right? Like that that side of the ball is very reactionary. You have to be pretty proactive on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting, too, because this game is on Saturday, right? Um, so f- tomorrow's practice on Thursday, if you're listening, to, you'll probably listen to this on, on the audio podcast on Thursday. That'll be the last practice before they travel to Kansas City. That's their walkthrough practice. That's their Friday practice. So we'll have these injury designations uh, probably fairly soon on, on Thursday to have an idea of, of how these guys are going to be practicing. And it looks like Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill and Raheem Mostert, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Devon Achan, those guys have been limited the first two practices, so they'll probably play is kind of what the understanding will be, especially with it, Nick, as you mentioned, being a playoff game. But, uh, yeah, it's gonna. Be, I think it's a good matchup. I think it's going to be a good matchup, a fun game, but, man, they are just really beat up, Big B. Yeah, they're definitely beat up. It's going to be interesting, you know, looking at the, the record, Miami's record in temperatures less than 40 degrees, you know, over time. I mean, it's not good especially playoff games, it's even worse. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, both teams got to go out there and play in it. But it's at least the Chiefs can practice outside if they choose to, to kind of simulate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. What's Miami going to do? Well, you go in an indoor and you can get it up to maybe 50 degrees. You're not getting an indoor to, to five degrees. That, that's just not happening. I mean, there's not enough air conditioners in Miami to be able to do that. So they, uh, they, they, there's a... Um... On South Beach, there's a, a hotel called the SLS, and they have an ice skating rink there. So maybe Miami can hold some uh, walkthrough <laughs> in the ice skating rink in the the basement of the uh, the standard the SLS or something like that. So, oh man, it's cool place if you can go. Yeah, it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be brutal. But uh, I, I think it's advantage Chiefs. I think it's gonna be a real good game. Uh, yeah. I do, but I, I think the Chiefs have a clear advantage in this one. For sure. I, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I, I think that a lot of people think that the Chiefs are going to blow the Dolphins out. I just think it's going to be closer just with the way the, the Chiefs have been playing uh, recently. Uh, Juan Yamor's the only person who didn't practice on Wednesday, and he's got the concussion. He probably won't play, if I would assume it being do not practice on you know Tuesday and Wednesday leading up to the walkthrough. I don't assume that he will be it, but the good news is there. Uh, Donovan Smith has been a limited participant the la- next last two days, uh, so he's it's assumed that he is going to be the tackle there. And uh, Andy Reid said, barring any setbacks, he'll be good to go uh, in that regard. There, uh, Kadarius Tony, Legarius Need also listed on the injury report. Kadarius Tony limited the last two days. Uh, Legarius he was a full participant on Wednesday with that calf injury. Uh, this is, he's kind of been nursing that all year. I think he's been nursing it literally since training camp. Um, that he's had that injury, but we'll see how it goes. Um, 
Fellas, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll flip into some head coaching vacancies. On Wednesday, we had a we had a couple bombshells come out in the NFL coaching world, and even one on uh, Tuesday come out. Let's take a break, and then we will talk about those coming up next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are fresh off of Black Monday. Um, as we are recording this, uh, the Wednesday night after the final game of the season on Sunday Night Football, which was uh, Bills Dolphins, which kind of unceremoniously ended the NFL season, I think, uh, with to his interception. It was bad pass. I could mm-hmm. tell the whole way that ball was getting intercepted. Just like ah, there's nothing there. Um, but hey, some of the chase people too. Yeah, awful choice. Oh, ex Steeler. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know what Mike Tomlin did down there to get these uh, wide receivers that have these attitude problems to, like, somewhat work for him. But, like, he's got a secret sauce that he can get these defiant wide receivers to look competent uh, until they leave that organization and then they show their true colors. It's it's honestly quite impressive. (laughs) That's crazy. I I don't know what's going on. I mean, like I said, Mike Tomlin, when he does his thing, he does his thing. But these guys... You've seen it, San Antonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, Chase Claypool. I mean, all they just, you know, Martavius Bryant. Guys just oh. absolutely, they kill it for the Steelers, and then wow. they leave, and they are just garbage. Just absolutely terrible. So, it is what it is. I, it's the Steelers, though. I, I think that speaks to the culture that, that not only Pittsburgh has, where they've had three coaches, and you have, you know, one, one of the, the best coaches in history, Mike Tomlin. You know, man's won two Super Bowls quietly. Man. You know, very, very quietly, right? One Super Bowl. Just one? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because it was it was what's his face? It was the um got cheated by the Packers. No, yeah, and it Dallas in the snow. That's right. That was wild. That was so wild. I was thinking, uh, never mind, it was uh Bill was it Bill Cower? That's yeah. right. With Bettis. That's right. That's crazy. That's a flood Super Bowl. Just a great, well, just, just a, but like I said, just a great culture that that he brings, I think. Yep. And it's like they always, they, they draft wide receivers and D linemen. It's what yeah. they do. It's just what they do. I'm like, how do they, like, how do people sleep on Cam Hayward? Like, just the size alone. Just like, yeah. it's just crazy to me. Just absolutely crazy to me. It is insane. Well, Big B, we'll have plenty of time. Uh, my blind no, I think you'll be able to talk about the Steelers a lot. Uh, so don't worry about that. We'll make sure that happens. 
they don't have a head coaching vacancy right now. Um, but the teams that do have head coaching vacancies, the Panthers, that one happened in the middle of the season. Everyone knows that the Panthers have a vacancy. Same thing with the uh, Raiders. Uh, coming down on Monday, the Falcons literally wasted no time on Black Monday firing Arthur Smith as I believe it was midnight. Midnight, uh, yeah, it was midnight Eastern time when they fired Arthur Smith. Look, good offensive coordinator. Could he land somewhere to be an offensive coordinator? We'll have to see. He kind of revitalized uh, Ryan Tannehill's career a little bit. Can he do it in, in Chicago with Justin Fields? No. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a discussion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't to have. do that. Not the way you know, he Chicago in Atlanta. Chicago. Ooh. Yeah. They're they're not going to have Justin Fields. I don't think. Uh, but the Titans, I, the one that I think that we should talk a little bit about, that one was surprising to me. The Titans firing Mike Vrabel. I think that there was a little bit of a rub between uh, yep. the general manager and the on field personnel. I think it uh, honestly, it all goes back to the AJ Brown trade when that happened. Um, Big B, what were your thoughts, your reactions from when you heard the news of uh, Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee? Well, I thought it was nuts. I mean, first of all, Vrabel's issues with the 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 AJ Brown thing, it got the other GM fired because he traded him, and yeah. Vrabel's like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, yeah, so it good. got him fired. Then you bring in another guy, and this guy doesn't want to get along with Vrabel said, you got to fire your offensive coaches. And he's like, hold on a second. We just got a brand new rookie quarterback. I go, we, our offense, I mean, our roster is horrible. How about you fix it? And then we can move forward with this thing. And I, I, but to fire Vrabel again, Tennessee, I mean, they basically came out and said, yeah, we don't want to trade them because we don't want to miss out on somebody. So thinking that somebody's going to be better than Vrabel, so they'd already made the decision to move on from them. I'm like, the organization is just run. It's just a dumpster fire. There's several of them around the league, but Tennessee is definitely of one of them. I have no idea what they're doing. Mike Vrabel is a great, not good, a great head coach. And those players love him. They play hard for him. They had nothing to play for except to keep Jacksonville out of the yeah. playoffs. They did it. That means they're playing. They love their head coach. Otherwise, those guys, and would have cashed it in three weeks ago. They didn't do that. I have no idea what they're doing. They, and they're going to get what they deserve because they're not going to get a great coach. They're still not going to be any good. It's what you do. It's what happens. And to lose a veteran, too, with Tannehill. Uh, but I, I guess I think overall you look at the past couple seasons that it does feel like, uh, you know, if, if 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 this offense is based off of um, the, the war horse and mm-hmm. running it through him and everything's predicated off that. So – the offense lacked that fire, and when they traded Brown, right, it was like that's a dumb, that's a dumb move, yeah. and I'd be pissed too. So I'm like, who, who was not watching film when they traded him? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, if you're Tannehill in the offseason, like, what are you doing? Like, what, why would you do that? Do you hate me? Yeah. And that's what it felt like. I feel like a hate crime. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, yeah. why? Yeah, right. And they traded him to, and to Philly too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? 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 Draft day. Because they didn't want to pay him. But the problem is, is that they paid Tannehill and then they didn't have enough room to go around. And I'm like, what are you doing? What, what's yeah. going on here? This guy is incredible. He's not good. He's incredible. Right. Yeah, we can't use that guy. We can't use yeah. a weapon. To which a weapon. Well, that's what he did. He he he, he took all the money. You know, I never want to go full, full Dak Prescott. You want to go Tom Brady. Yeah, you're exactly right, Nick. He took all the money and he shouldn't have. I like Daniel Jones. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you swerved, <laughs> swerved eight lanes of traffic to do that. I like that. That was Giants are not even relevant right now, and you swerved out of your way to do. I like that. That's a little. That's a little Johnson County exit there, Nick. You can, you know, all the way across to get to get out of that lane of traffic right there. Uh, what I think is interesting too is it came out on Wednesday that the uh, the Titans have requested to interview Antonio Pierce. Um, isn't that the guy you just had? Yeah, like he's Literally. like I, I I'm confused by that. I, I don't understand. Like, I know Mike Vrabel's record dipped since 2021. He was coach of the year two years ago. Um, but look, I mean, he he didn't have a lot to work with. Like, his mm-hmm. cabinets were pretty bare when you look at it in the in the talent first part of it. His offense was uh, would have been a really good offense in the 1990s, but, like, yeah. he just didn't have anything to work with. And the draft picks, they were not... Like, if you go look at, like, the last three years of the draft picks they've had have just been whiff after whiff after whiff and yes by Tennessee like Trey Lombards hasn't really panned out the way that they wanted him to uh Caleb Farley hasn't really worked out all that much either and those are the two of their bigger picks that like they put some high capital into haven't worked so I don't know in that situation why you go with the guy who is the the talent evaluator as the GM why you don't why, why would you why would you take his side in this deal instead of Mike Vrabel's side? That's what I understand. Big B, and you mentioned poorly run organization. I mean, that, it's what it is at this point. I mean, it's, it's what it is. They're up there with the Bears in terms of poorly run organizations uh, when it comes down oh, to it because, my goodness, my <laughs> well, goodness. We are, we are shooting shots. By. That was a, that was an eight-laner traffic one, too. I, I, that was, but it, it's accurate, though, to put them in. You put them in that level, too. It's like they're yeah. terrible. That's just a bad organization. Like honestly, the Bears are a bad organization. Like offensively, yep. if you if you want to be an offensive player, don't go there. If you want to be a defensive player, go there. You know, because you're going to shine on defense. Yeah. Guess what? Offense, you're not going to shine. You're not going to. You're going to go there, and you're that's where things going to die. Sorry, Cody Whitehair. I love you. You do a great job, buddy. But it's just the offense is not there. O line does great. Just just not. It's not. Just, you know, you don't fear them. You don't fear them if you're a defense. No. Like, we can score six points. For they're just yeah, they're a dumpster fire. Kind of like Carolina. Carolina, oh, David Tepper, he Man. could be the worst owner in the history of sports if there if oh, Donald boy. Sterling didn't exist because that oh, guy wow. is absolutely horrible. I mean, you fire a coach, okay, fine. You you fire Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes comes in. They almost get to the playoffs with him, but he's picking up the pieces last year. Players love him. They're playing hard at the end of the year. Literally a game from the playoffs. Nope, we don't want that guy. So then we're going to bring in a guy who literally just got fired for being bad and Frank Wright. You start having meetings on Monday, just basically lambasting him, embarrassing him in front of his subordinates, and just calling him out. And then you fire him. I'm like, what are you doing? You, you just have no clue how football works how to build a team. You just think, fire it, because I got all the money in the world. He just treats it like it's a, a toy. It's just horrible. Well, here's horrible, the th- horrible, horrible. Here's the thing about the Frank Reich thing, too. I'll stand, I'll, I'll stand up for Frank Reich. He didn't He didn't have a choice in who his team was drafting, right? Like it, Absolutely it, not. And, and so he was kind of in the in the short end, and he ended up just being the fall guy for it all. I, yep. I think that everyone in that building wanted C.J. Stroud, but David Tepper was like, no, we're taking Bryce Young. We're yep. taking the guy from Alabama because Alabama produces historically good quarterbacks. If you look across the league, 
Uh, Alabama always has a good quarterback. Hmm. I'm being sarcastic. I just want people to clear. I'm being sarcastic about that. Uh, that's why I, uh, I mean, I, I don't think that was very fair to to Frank Reich at all. And I look, I, I think that Frank Reich would be a really good offensive coordinator. Uh, I'll hire him as an offensive coordinator somewhere. Maybe the Bears want to hire him because they're not going to make a change in offensive coordinator. Don't do it. Don't. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Like, where are they? Yeah. You're going to stick with that. You're going to stick with that. They're like, going to wow. stick with Eberflus, is what they yeah. said. Uh, they're going to fire their uh, off. They fire their offensive coordinator, Luke Getzky. Um, and then they're gonna roll the dice with uh, Eberflus, and they're they're keeping their cards pretty close to their chest, probably as what anticipated and what they're gonna do if they want to trade Justin Fields or if they want to uh, maybe trade back, get some more assets, maybe put some more around Justin Fields if you can get maybe three top fifteen wide receivers, right? Put them around Justin Fields. Will that help? Who knows? No, uh, it won't. Won't probably not, because it's a cursed organization. Truthfully. Jay Cutler is 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 available. <laughs> Jay Cutler is available. Chase Daniel tweeted out that he wanted the quarterback coach job. They fired their whole offensive staff. Yeah, they did. Oh. So terrible. they're not. They're running. He wants a quarterback job where? To Chicago. Chicago. He's in Chicago for a couple of years. I know that. Three years. Two years. Yeah, it's. We'll see, man. I, I just don't do it. Bears bad. Carolina bad. Uh, Tennessee bad. There's a couple of. The one that I think is actually going to get better that was horrible for a quarter century is Washington. I, yeah. I, Dan Snyder just oh, – I mean, you that is the definition how? of running an organization into their – they got new ownership. Oh, They yeah, got new what, ownership. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. They made him sell the team. So you got oh, dar, team. oh, dar, oh, dar, and you made me sell my team at a profit at the best time. <laughs> <laughs> at a profit, <laughs> was, like, I think, like, $4 billion is what yeah. he, he was, made. Yeah. Something he like was on that. Scott Frost. Yeah. He, was on Scott. he was trying to get fired. He was trying to get, oh, yeah. no, don't make me sell. Don't make me sell what I have to do. <laughs> do I got to go hire, you know, like, I mean, oh, my gosh. That Goodness. was, yeah. Yeah. So they they may actually get better. Uh, I'm not sure who they're going to hire. I know we talked about it. I'm sure you were going to bring it up, Tucker, so I apologize. Ron Rivera no. um, got fired there, which I feel like they kept Ron Rivera around all season long. Just, I, I have no idea. I, I, I mean, we thought he was going to get fired before the first game. He's calling out Eric Bieniemy in, in in training camp practices. I'm like, what are you talking about? He took his player side over his offensive coordinator that he just got hired, which let us all believe that they made him hire him that he didn't want to. And it's just like, what are you doing? How how is that possible? But I don't know. At some of these places, I don't know who's going to go. If I'm Vrabel, I don't go there. I don't go there if I'm Vrabel. I go to Atlanta. It was an easy call at the beginning of the year when when that dumpster fire happened with um yes. Rivera and Bianami. It was like that you could tell they're already they already lost the season at that point in my mind. Yep. And then, they, they lost the locker room. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. And then they traded Chase Young. Uh, okay, we're good. Just to, yeah. Just to spite just to spite Dallas and Pitts uh Philly, by the way. That's the only Absolutely. reason like that. They said let's trade him to San Francisco. And guess what? Screw you, Dallas and Philly. That's how I roll. Like that's all that was, to be honest. Of course it was. Of course it was. And I love, I love petty. I love high level pettiness. <laughs> well, I'm for if, it. If you're not petty, you're not trying. It's true. <laughs> if you're not petty, you're I'm not going try. down swinging. I'm going it's down true. swinging. <laughs> Looking at some of the other vacancies we haven't hit on, I, the Chargers had a vacancy earlier in there in the season. Um, there's a little bit, a lot of names thrown out about the Chargers job, a potential opening that could happen in the Patriots. Uh, I've seen Bill Belichick's name thrown out there. One name I've seen particularly coming up from the college ranks, 
Jim Harbaugh, national championship head coach. No, 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 no. Don't do it. You you stay in college. You don't have the personality to be a pro coach. I'm serious. It's really not a thing. And guess what? You could live in Michigan forever. You could Gary Patterson it at Michigan forever. You know, it's like do that. But he, like I'm telling you, he's not like he is the opposite of Sean Payton. Yeah. Where he's going to try and be corny and have all this stuff, and guys are like, you know what? Well, I don't, I don't really feel you. I don't. That's not my thing. Well, it's been I'm, over a decade, or yeah. it's been a decade since he's been in the pros. Him going back, I thought he was fine in San Francisco, but I don't know. I mean, they got the quarterback in place there, and so that's kind of his thing. If they can build around it, it would make sense. But my whole thing is, you just won a national title at Michigan. I don't care what he does. He can stay there. They're not going to fire him, no. no matter what. The only reason I see him leaving is that he's done dealing with the NCAA. Yeah. That would be the reason that I see that he gets out of there is he doesn't want to deal with them anymore. Good question. Good, from, good question from Kathy Welch here. Do you think EB would fit in Tennessee or New England? I, so yeah, I think it would be weird if, uh, well, Tennessee's already requested to interview Antonio Pierce, but I think it's weird they're going to go from former player to former player, right? I feel like that they would go from – because uh, usually you see this in the coaching searches where they go from uh, maybe an offensive coach, maybe you had an offensive-minded head coach, they fire him, and then they bring in a defensive-minded coach. That's what happened with the Bears. I don't know why I keep going back to the Bears. Uh, I know, right? With, with, with Matt Nagy, and then they fired him. Then they brought in Matt Eberflus, uh, the defensive coordinator who wasn't with the Colts. That's kind of how the whole thing goes. <laughs> you see, You sometimes will just do the opposite of what you already had just for the sake of change. So I don't know, like... A, Maybe Atlanta would be a good one. You mentioned the same thing, uh, Big B, for, for Vrabel. I hadn't thought about Vrabel in Atlanta, but I think that could go over pretty well. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see if EB, I don't think he's been requested for interviews yet. Um, I don't know if he's been requested for the commander's job yet. And I know that their owners came out and said that they plan on it, but they want to get the GM in place first before that they uh, do the head coach, which probably a smart decision, truthfully. Um, don't say that to the Bears, though. The Bears do it the exact opposite. They'll hire the coach first and then bring the GM in after that and try to make it all work. Look, we've done a really good establishing on this podcast that the Bears are a terrible organization. <laughs> we've done a really good job of establishing that on this podcast. Um, but no, I, so I think that it'll be, it'll, I'll be interested to see which places request interviews for EB because, look, people put in interviews for him all the time. Now, if he gets a job, is a different story. Uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see where he goes. Do you have any thoughts on uh, EB Bigby? I mean, I'll be honest. I want to see him get a job, and I think he, yeah. he's, his window is closed. I mean, how many interviews can you continuously go on and not get a job? There's obviously something out there about him that people just don't like. I don't want to hear personal background stuff that happened in college or whatever. If that was the case, he wouldn't be a coach. You know, people that bring up, oh, well, you had these personal issues that happened in college. If it was really that big a deal, he wouldn't even be in your organization at all, period, point blank. So that's not the issue. There must be something about him that people, I don't know, for some reason, just don't want to bring him in. I think he may rub people the wrong way. I want him to get a job. I think he'd be good in Atlanta. I really do. Now, they need a quarterback, but what I think he would be fine in Atlanta because they have a ton of weapons. It just Arthur Smith just didn't know how to use them, and they thought that Desmond Ritter was going to be the answer there. Um, I think he'd be good there. He'd be good. He'd be good anywhere. He's a good football coach. He's a good football coach. 
you know, so I hope his window isn't closed, but I'm afraid it is. I think the fact that the Chiefs suck this year in the wide receiver room on offense, oh. I think that that plays well to to the enemy's status. Yeah, Chiefs, because it was always his narrative was he's like the um, any name your offensive or name your coach to come out of the Belichick Brady era from New England and mm-hmm. and fail elsewhere. Now you remove EB from this championship dynasty team, and they suck. Yeah, right. I mean they they suck. I mean I love how we said and they still won eleven games or whatever, but they're not producing on offense. Correct. As consistently as they do, they they're producing enough, but not enough that they should be. And you have a guy like him, you're like, oh shit, maybe we need a guy like uh, Bienemy to to mm-hmm. kick ass and to hold pole players to task, right? Instead of coddling. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting a guy from the Bears, you know, with the horse offense, you know, <laughs> yeah, the old Bears back in it. The old Bears. That was a that was a U-turn back over the that yeah. back over the snake. Right. Put it in reverse, yeah, exactly. go reverse, back over yeah. them, come back. Do it, yeah, do it, don't it. Yeah, exactly. But think yeah. about this though: Would he be good with the Bears if if they keep Justin Fields? I'm not sure that they will, but say they do. And they get another weapon or two in the draft. Would he be good with the Bears? You got a great defense. You know, you've got a historically, you've got a great defense, and I think he'd be great. I think he could he could whip that offense into shape. I do. And I think he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be the best. He's going to hold people accountable. Yeah, and that's what they need. You're right. Yeah. They, you need that. That's what that's what Chicago needs. And nobody to come in. Yeah, she. You can get you. You could you could do a role reversal. So EB is head coach and or O coordinator uh, head coach, and get Ron Rivera to run the damn defense, right? That's the thing. Hmm. Hmm. Not Wasn't there any there though? Too. I feel like he was in a bear. He was a player there. That's what he was. Okay. Yeah, he played it uh, in Chicago, like under Dick or something like that. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. Outside I've of heard one year. Things. Yeah, the Bears were a relevant organization outside of one season. I'll stand on that hill. Um, so, sorry, I don't, I'm going in on the Bears tonight. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> um, there, so if you, we did a tweet when the Chiefs played the Bears. I'll have to look it up uh, about Mahomes' career stats are better than the Bears' career, like in terms of like Super Bowl, Super Bowl appearances. Uh, he has more 5,000 yard passing seasons because the Bears don't have a single 5,000 yard passer in their career and their history. It's quite it's quite astonishing. But I was just looking over at our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got a couple of uh, head coaching specials over there. Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. They're the two specials. I think it's funny because you look at, uh, you know, this is for which team will this head coach be in at, at the week one of the season? Uh, for which team will he be the head coach in week one is what these questions are. Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, the team that's favored. The same team is favored for both of them. And it's the Los Angeles Chargers. At DraftKings Sportsbook, they are thinking that both of these guys will be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, that cannot happen. Uh, but there is one coaching spot that we haven't mentioned yet, but I will get to it after we hear a word from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. And they're bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrified. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Looking at that Chiefs and Dolphins game over under set up forty four points. Chiefs favored by four points in that matchup. So go check that out and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN 
New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus must expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, what I alluded to before we started talking about our wonderful Reds DraftKings, the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of a bombshell came down on a Wednesday morning. Pete Carroll stepping aside. It was an amicable parting of ways of Pete Carroll no longer being the head coach. I believe he's going to an analyst role is what they called it. Um, Advisor. Advisor role. Yes. So he's going to an advisor role. Uh, BJ Kissel and I were talking about it. It sounded a little bit f- similar to a Bruce Arians, if you remember what happened a couple of years ago when he stepped aside for Todd Bowles to take that job. Only problem here, Big B, there's no heir apparent. Oh, yeah. I just, I mean, I was surprised as anybody. And then you start looking at the, the his age. I mean, Pete Carroll doesn't look at me. He's 72 years old. Yeah. And, and while he's still out there, he's still running around, jumping around and all that stuff. 72 is still 72, you know, and he's been coaching for a long time. And maybe he just got to the point where he's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. I can't oh, keep, keep doing this. Uh, it just, it is what it is. But they don't have somebody to step in. Their roster isn't horrible. Uh, they still have an opportunity to get better. I think they're quarterback away because I don't trust Geno. Uh, no. But... Uh, that might not be a horrible place for Vrabel to go. You know, uh, that's another place that that's, I mean, that, I think that's a good job. The Seahawks job is a good job. Yeah. They're a well-run organization too, which all these jobs that we've mentioned, even the Chargers, Chargers not run well either. No. So there's a lot of places that haven't been run well. And, but Seahawks are actually one that is run well. Yeah. So if you're an aspiring head coach, look, I know a lot of guys, it's only 32 jobs somebody's going to take that Carolina job, which is, oof. But, yeah, I think the Seahawks job is a good one. Yeah, and, and I think when Paul Allen was there, RIP, uh, he he was a fantastic – I heard great things. So I was in NFC West for five years of my career, and Seahawks won. Outside of the Niners, I mean, um, the, the, the Rams and the Cardinals, right? So you have four games that you're winning. You know, that that are fairly, you know, whatever. And then you go play the Niners twice, once at home, once in San Francisco. Um, it's it's a good gig at the NFC West. And Seattle's a fun place. Uh their 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 facilities are beautiful. They're really beautiful. And for Vrabel to go in there, you have the twelfth man, which is the crowd noise. And so if you can get any sort of defense or any sort of offensive going, you can do some good things up in Seattle. You know, it'd be, it'd be a, a cool plug and play, but you know, you gotta find that veteran quarterback to to yeah. fill the space until you draft somebody to come through. So I do I do agree with you guys. I think the Seahawks is the most enticing job when I start to look down at this list. And we talked about the Panthers, the Titans, the Chargers. Falcons aren't really a very well-run organization. The Raiders have had their history with, uh, you know, their owner and everything like that. It's like Commanders and Seahawks are probably like the two best jobs right now when you're starting to look at it from, you know, that 3,000-foot view. Uh, and I do think that's a good job. I see Dan Quinn's name has been thrown out there a lot. I think a lot of people kind of anticipate him to take that job. 
which is kind of surprising because as soon as it happened, I think you saw all the big dogs like Ian Rappaport, um, all the Adam Schefter was like, yeah, expect expect a name to be Dan Quinn. I don't know if that's Dan Quinn's agent working really hard, which it could be. Uh, but I, I do think that that's an interesting name to watch um, for that one as well, because that's, again, another philosophy shift there uh, from going from an offensive guy to a defensive guy. Um, interested to see how this all, all whole coaching carousel shakes out. I, I don't think we're done either. I, I think that the Patriots are going to need to make a decision on what they're going to do with Bill Belichick. There might be a playoff team that ha- ends up with a first round exit that has a uh, has a coach gone too. So I'm going to be interested to see how this carousel works. There's been a lot of a lot of big bombshell moves across football. Same day that uh, Pete Carroll stepping aside, Nick Saban steps down and retires at Alabama. That was kind of a bombshell. I don't know if I necessarily expected that to happen. Uh, Bud Elliott for CBS Sports uh, 24-7, and he's on the Cover 3 podcast as well, was kind of sniffing around at it. He thought this weird this season felt weird for Saban about him being so chipper about everything, pretty much. Uh, I was like, why is he acting like this? Turns out it was the last year for him. He's going to go down as the GOAT uh, coach. Wouldn't anticipate to see him on the sidelines of any other um Especially not pro. I don't think he goes pro. No. Um, and I don't think Harbaugh goes pro either. I just think he's got too good of a setup of Michigan there. But we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Nick, I think you made a really good point about Harbaugh. He's, he, if you like listen to what he was like saying after the national championship, that's stuff that you can sell 18 year olds. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I think the real, the thing that happened with Matt Rule too in Carolina is he was trying to sell the same stuff he was trying to do at Temple and Baylor. He was trying to do that in Carolina, and that doesn't work. And you know that, Nick. I mean, you know that like that doesn't work. Like you're you're not gonna go for a guy who has like sayings posted everywhere on the knot and everything. Like, like, what is this guy doing? No, absolutely not. No, it, it's it, there's a night and day difference between college and the pros. And and like I said, there's some coaches who are great coaches for college and great for NFL. And I think with Saban, I think Saban, you know, he's been doing it long enough where he's been coaching for a minute that. He was sick of the the fact that the, the he's he's not in complete control anymore. Yeah. So these coaches, you don't have control, and it's like, man, you're losing, you're turning over your whole, you know, offensive and defensive twenty two players every year. So it's like a roster rebuild every year. You know, you can't develop, you can't do your thing, which is what they do. You know, Alabama wasn't a place to go. We're promise you plenty of time. No, we'll develop you and you'll play and you get the NFL. Now it's like guys want to play now, and I think Saban got sick of it, and and I, I love Saban. Because he was like, you know, I'm just going to go out. And he didn't have this victory lap retirement that people do. He just quietly said, peace out. And he said, he said, I'm the GOAT. Peace out. Bear Bryant who? Nick Saban now. Yeah, I, I love that fact, Nick. I, I think, you know, didn't take the victory lap. And only this, or not only this too, he didn't go out. You know how some coaches or players, they wait too long. And yeah. they oh, go yes. out. Yes. Yeah, they win seven games, eight games or something like that, and they struggle at the end. And yep. They didn't do that. I mean, they were literally a play away from getting to the national championship. So that part is what I really love about it is that he did, he went not on top, but they were at the top of their game. Even though this wasn't the, the, the typical great Alabama team, I think this is one of the best coaching jobs because quarterback wasn't great, defensive line and offensive line wasn't great. But they were still, they won the SEC, beat a team that nobody thought could get beat. They beat Georgia. 
and we're literally a play away from the national championship. So are playing in the national championship game, and they'd have beat Washington. I mean, you know, Michigan destroyed Washington. I think Alabama would have done the same thing. So good for Nick Saban, though. Listen, yeah. uh, if I was playing center for Alabama, I think that we probably would have got it done. Uh, could have snatched a little higher, huh? I think I could have snatched it just a little <laughs> bit higher. Uh, I, I think I could have got it done for old Nick Saban. I still got eligibility. Um, haven't, you, haven't spent it yet. So, um, yeah, I, I think the coaching carousel is going to be really interesting. Uh, I had to bring up I had to bring up Saban on this because it's just hard not to talk about. Uh, I know we mainly stick to the NFL, but it's hard not to talk about just any sort of football without discussing like his impact and just what he's had on the game. You look at like how many first round picks he's had. You look they've had a first round pick for the 15 straight years. Like that dude has done so much for the sport of football in terms of uh, the NFL. Like yeah, he didn't have great success at the NFL level, but he found what he was good at. And Nick, I think he made a really good point about the lack of control. Like uh, the other part of this too is like uh, Nick, uh, producer Nick made at this point in uh, in the chat, and I think he's he's incredibly right. Being an NFL coach is easier than college right now. Like in college, you're having to worry about transfer portal, recruiting your own guys, recruiting high school kids, game planning for the next team, uh, maybe some future game planning as well. If you're going to see you got a big game coming up, if you're Hugh Freeze, you just forget about the game plan. Uh, but like there's a there's a lot of things that go into being a college coach right now, and. Maybe it's an arms race thing, too. Teams are starting to catch up to Alabama, and this is where Nick Saban's like, all right, uh, see you guys. Um, maybe that's part of it. I've seen, I've seen some people say that. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, a big part of it. But, yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely the end of an era in, in football when you have both Pete Carroll and uh, Nick Saban stepping away from being the head head ball coach for a team. Um, it's big. It's big in the in this sport of football as a whole. It is. And let's not forget Pete Carroll also left – USC and a lurch too. Yeah, when they were about to get suspended, that was a. I love Pete Carroll; brings a lot of energy. But that USC part really always it, it goes unstated, and it's like he left a burning ship. He really did. So it was like, ugh. I was like, that always left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I know he's a great whatever he he does good coach and has good energy, but that part always bugged me. They did with Pete Carroll. Well, and they haven't come back either, Nick. They, they literally have not come back from what he left them in. They're, they're not back to that level. I'm not saying national championship level. You have to get there, but USC is not. You don't think of about them as being a top 10, 15 program every year. They're not there. Not even close to that, to be honest. No, they're not. They're not consistently there. So, yeah, so that, he, he set them back for sure. But it, it's the college game. I, I could see why coaches are leaving college yeah. game. Because I think, Tucker, you, you mentioned it all. It's like I've even... I've even had some conversations with coaches, you know, various college coaches. And I'm like, hey, have you seen about this guy in high school? Like, well, we're going to wait for the the transfer portal, see who we can get. Then we're going to go after high school guys. Yep. And it's like, golly, man, it's a lot of work. And it's like one season. There's like half a season. And you get guys bugging out. And I think you can't give too much control to a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old kids. I think yeah. you can't. Because they make, we make dumb decisions when we're that, that young. Sure we do. And he put money in our pocket? Come on. No, even worse. At some point, they're going to get the rule change back. They yeah. have to to yeah. be able to, okay, you can transfer once, yeah. but you don't get a second one unless you have to sit out a year. You know, yeah. if they just oh, like did that. that, a lot of this goes away. Right. A lot yeah. of this goes away. And go back to the rule, Nick, and I think you could probably appreciate this. Five to play four. I'm sorry if you got hurt. I apologize. But you know what? You don't get to play till you're 24 years old in college. Yeah. 
that, that just, I don't want to hear it, man. Look, I'm sorry that you got hurt, but sometimes your body will tell you, hey, man, you shouldn't be playing football. I'm going to yeah. keep getting hurt until you stop playing football. Yeah, so, that's... you know, just six-year seniors, seventh-year seniors. What are we doing? That's why They, they, that's they just got to make the rule. If they just go back to that, a lot of this goes away because you can't have guys jumping in the transfer portal every year, and then you won't have to worry about high school guys. They're, I mean, they're, they're not going to take the big hit that they were before. JUCOs come back into play. I mean, JUCO, heck, I was a JUCO guy. JUCO guys were all over the place. You don't really hear that much about JUCO guys these days. Right, you really don't, you don't do you? Yeah, you don't. You really don't. Who would I rather take a chance with? A JUCO guy, which, whether it's true or not, the stigma is something was wrong with them. Mm. Okay, so that's the stigma. That's why they went to junior college. Either they couldn't play, or they were terrible. They were a terrible human being, got in trouble, or they had horrible grades. That's the stigma. Well, yeah. would I rather take my chances on a JUCO guy and hoping that it works out behavioral-wise, or just take a transfer guy who he was fine. Well, yeah. everybody's going to take a transfer guy over Easily. that guy. So you see what they can do in D1. It makes a lot absolutely. of sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you upgrade. You can upgrade. Yes. Yes. It, it's just they, they got to change it. A, a theory of mine, it's actually a theory of a friend of mine's, and I think he's right, is, and I don't mean to, to dominate everybody's time, is NCAA... I think, has done this on purpose. They said, you know what? They've thrown their hands up. You guys thought that we were leading with an iron fist? Fine. No rules. You guys figure it out. Well, they can't figure it out, and the NCAA is going to swoop in and save the day, and they're going to be looked upon as the hero. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just, I believe that is what is going to happen. You can thank my man, Darren Howard, for bringing that up to my attention. <laughs> He's been saying it for years. I said, dude, you're nuts. But he's right. He's right. Because the NCAA is the only person who can fix this. And they've gotten to the point to now, people are disgusted with college football. Yeah. Well, the NCAA's got to fix it. And they will. Mm -hmm. They'll fix it. But they're also going to say, if we fix it, you know that big piece of the pie that you guys keep sharing? Yeah, we're going to take 30, 33% of that. That's going to come to us. Yeah. I mean, you want us to fix it? Great, we'll fix it. But we need that. We need that check. Yeah. So. There's a question here. Uh, we're going to call it audible here because I like this question from Primetime Gala. Uh, what do you all think about Jameis Winston going rogue? Listen, if you know anything about me, know anything about this podcast, know anything about anything that I do on social media, I love Jameis Winston. And that's probably because he was the quarterback of a really good college football team when I was a very impressionable age. Um great role model probably not but i think that he is just so entertaining uh and i think that his uh there's a genesis qua about him that there's you just can't put your finger on it uh of that was just makes him so lovable and and you ask you ask jimbo fisher you ask any teammate that he had and they will say that is the best teammate that i have ever had and I've ever played with he cares about everybody he spent as much time as what the walk-ons as he did the superstars so I think I really do appreciate that about him. He was trying to help his guy out, get a, get an extra bonus, I think is how the whole story goes. But it is a little, uh, it's a little off-putting when you're already up 41 to 17 to do a fake kneel. That's a little tough. Uh, I was I was firmly in the uh, keep crying about it, Arthur Smith. Like, if you don't want him to score, don't let him score type of deal. 
Uh, but Jameis was just kind of going rogue there. It's it's funny. It really is. But like, you think that he would know better? But I guess I guess not. I guess we should know by now that Jameis Winston doesn't know better. No, I I, I think it was a terrible move because you have to victory formation. Yeah, it, it's like hey. We're done. Like you go up to the line, you go up to the line. Hey guys, we're kneeling it. We're kneeling it, kneeling, and everybody chills. Yeah. Now, if you do that Greg Schiano shit and you dive on my legs, they're going right. You, you're you're gonna you're gonna catch some punches in the back of your net, right? Yeah. Well, you might get stepped on. Like so, th- there's a certain he violated a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. And when you light up in victory, you don't do squat. It's the yep. greatest playing football because you don't do a darn thing. Yep. And he violated that, and that's terrible. And I love I love Jameis Winston. I think he's good, but that was. That was Bushley, 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't know if I agree with Shannon Sharp about him being cut. I don't know if you yes. necessarily want to go that far no. About, no. about him being cut, but it's it's 100% Bushley. Because here's the thing. I'm a defensive lineman. I'm not doing anything. You're in victim formation, and these offensive linemen come firing out. Guys get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Me that's more His touchdown is more important than blowing out my knee on a play that yeah. – Nobody thought was even going to happen. Come on, man. Right. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. I, Jameis had a quote after the game. He said, how much worse can it get? Is what he said. And uh, that guy is really good at giving press conferences. Uh, by really good, I mean really good for memes and clips. Oh, yeah. um, is, how I, is how I mean it. I don't mean it in a, in a literal sense. Uh, but I have already saved that video of him saying, how much worse can it really get? Uh, in my phone, and I've already played on using it. You know, when the Chiefs inevitably go down ten nothing against the Dolphins, right? Boom! First thing out of my phone. How much worse can it get uh, from Jameis Winston? Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's a good question. I do think that there's a little bit of it. I mean, I saw somebody on TikTok, I think, make a point about like Jameis Winston. He's right. He should be cut because he stinks, not because of this thing. But he's that's just, what I said. <laughs> Yo, you said that. Yeah, that's what I said. Don't cut him because of that. Cut him because he's not any good. I go, yeah. and, and the reason why, Derek Carr, who I think we can all agree is I not very good, the man couldn't even sit up. I mean, they literally had to sew his body together just to get and wheel him out in a wheelchair just to go play a football game. They thought more of him to put him out there than to put Jameis Winston out there. That's how much they think of Jameis Winston. They, they would they, rather wheel a guy out than put that, you in the game. Big B, they they did the weekend at Bernie's over James. Yes, <laughs> yes they really did though. That was a good TikTok, yes. Big B. I remember it now. Yes, it was you. Um, yes, yeah. brutal. Tucker has no clue. Tucker, what's weekend at Bernie's? I've seen that movie, The Weekend at Bernie's. What's it about? What's it about then? The, the dude's dead, and they take him to a park, <laughs> and, they, and they just no, it's, you know, no, it's his it's his beach house. It's her boss's beach yeah. house. And he dies, and then they, and they, whatever. <laughs> it underrated, 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 underrated movie. It is hilarious. All of there was a weekend at Bernie's too. Apparently, All there was. Wait, I didn't one wasn't as good. At well, the first one was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. That was so funny. Mm-hmm. Jameis is a is a GLG good locker room guy. He's yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And and that's why I prefaced what I was about to say, but I I think. From everyone I saw, Jimmy Graham tweeted about it. Like, literally everyone that has had to say anything about Jameis Winston, who has played with Jameis Winston, has had nothing but positive things to say about him as a person. Like, he loves the city of New Orleans, too. Like, 
I saw clips of him going around at like Pelicans games, like the mayor. Yeah. He was like the mayor, shaking yeah. hands and talking Everything. to people and like sure selfies. Yeah, yeah, great guy. I just good vibes, great vibes. Just maybe great don't vibes. do that. Next. Maybe just don't do that next time, Jameis. Maybe just <laughs> sit that one out. All right, we've done fifty eight minutes of this podcast, uh, and we haven't done blind nil yet. Uh, so we can let's start with mine because I think mine can be quick. Big B, I did say you'd have an opportunity to talk about your Steelers here. Mm. Uh, and I have who? Who's your dark horse team to win the Super Bowl? Cleveland. Um, well, I know Rams. Rams is a good one. The Rams Damn. is a, Rams is a sneaky one. Mm-hmm. Playing real good football. That defense is playing great. All the Aaron Donald must have rested his legs, and he is back doing Aaron Donald things. And I'm telling you, Raheem Morris. Defensive coordinator, another guy that doesn't get talked about being a head coach. He had some he had point, a, he shot, he had another shot. Guy. He had and, a shot. Did he really have a shot? I mean, they weren't trying to win in Tampa. Plus, <laughs> he was too young. Heck, he was going out with the players down in Tampa. Yeah, he, he was. Do that. He was. Yes, yeah, he was. He was, he was commingling. You can't commingle. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. You cannot do that. Absolutely not. No, Um. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I like Cleveland because you know everything we talked about. You know, I think Flacco's that that late game player, and I think you got a, a great defense assembled, and it's just you got a great offensive line. Um, you got you know weapons galore, and you got a guy who can actually utilize it. I think it's great, I, and I love his his interviews, his demeanors. I mean, it's it's so awesome. And I think Cleveland or Houston backdoored in the playoffs, so you know Cleveland go down to Houston and the, the carpet of NRG Stadium, the living room, and do their thing. And, and they can have a good run. Yeah, I, I don't dislike Cleveland. I, I like I like that Nick. I I think they're playing really good football. Uh, depending on who wins, I think they're Baltimore's biggest challenge. I really yeah, don't. I, I, I think they are Baltimore's biggest challenge. So I I don't think Baltimore wants to play them till the AFC Championship game, and they hope that they get upset by somebody because. Yeah, that that would be. I, I think Cleveland knows Baltimore too well and can stop what Baltimore is trying to do. That that's my thing. I think they can stop what they're trying to do, and can can the Ravens stop uh, Cleveland? Mm. I mean, they, their defense is good, but Flacco magic, man, Flacco magic. It's real. The dark devil <laughs> magic that they got over there. That Flacco's got on the side. What I think people are talking about the, the Rams and Lions game. People are talking about that game, right? From the uh, from the side of uh, Stafford, yeah. Stafford uh, going, going back. back. And, but I think what people aren't talking about enough is golf against the Rams because you had Sean McVay out here publicly saying like this dude stinks. Yeah. You can't win anything with this dude. So I think that that almost has a little bit more of a revenge factor than because I don't think there's really any love loss. I mean, I don't. I think that they still love each other. Is what I'm trying to say. Between cool. Stafford and Detroit. Yes, oh, they, they still love each other. Jared Goff don't love the Rams. The Rams don't. Oh love no, them. no. So no, it's I, extra hatred this week. It's, yeah. Or if if they were to play, or when they do play, when they play, I. It's so that's what that's the side of the things I don't think is getting talked about enough is the Jared Goff side of the revenge game. Yeah. Um. Oh. I don't. I like the Rams pick. I didn't even think about the Rams, but I do like that pick. Um. I'm not going to give a pick because you guys took one. Um. Hmm. I agree with Nick. It's the Browns. I, I the Browns right now are just. Gotta get hot at the right time, and they did. And that's—I mean, sure did. Who's gonna stop them? It ain't gonna be Pittsburgh. That's for damn sure. Well, uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Potts in the comments section thinks that it's gonna be uh, the Texans. <laughs> Texans are gonna beat Baltimore. 
Okay. So Jeffrey Plum says, "Bet bet that, money." That's never going to happen. Bet, bet money. Bet money. <laughs> CJ Stroud sending Flacco home empty-handed. Shout out Jeffrey Potts. Thank you for your comments. We appreciate it. Just got to block CJ Stroud. This defense is wild. It's just too crazy. I'm, I'm thinking a minimal two two picks for for CJ. Minimal. Let me see if I can get you a line on that. What's the draft tinks? I was going to say rookie first playoff game. Makes it tough. It's Wednesday, so I don't think that they'll have passing props. Out. I'll look real quick, but they usually well, the don't one thing play. is, I mean, now Jeremy Tunsil does play left tackle for the Texans, and he's a top three or four tackle in the league. So we'll see. Oh, you might we'll be see. in luck. You might be in luck, Nick. They don't have you don't have all lines yet, uh, but the over under for have interceptions out either. Oh yeah, they do. A half interception, over a half interception is minus 115 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook for C.J. Stroud. Mm. They don't have the alt line out. I assume Friday is when the alt line will come out where you can just say, I want one or two plus interceptions. And then if you say that, then you should be able to um, get a, some pretty good odds on it is what I would assume. I'm going to go to the set right oh. now because they're basically telling you he's going to get a pick. Yes. And if he gets one, you're not going to win any money. Yeah, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Dilly Swan. He'll get two. He ain't got to worry about it. He'll give up two. You know who's also going to throw two interceptions? Please say uh, Josh Allen. There you go. (laughs) Josh Allen's also going to throw two interceptions. Steelers are going to run for 192 yards. Not 190, not 200. 192 yards. Hey, look at that. Look at Jeffrey. Look at that beauty. He came back and totally that redeemed man. himself. That nose no football. No I don't way. know why I had him on the screen even more. Bill should no be on way. upset alert. 192 yards rushing by the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph throws for two touchdowns. Steelers, 20. Oh. Bills, 20. Ooh, hey, listen. Mason Rudolph ain't doing none of that. He ain't. I'm just, I forgot Mason Rudolph was driving that ship. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh's going to get blown out, Big B. I'm sorry, buddy. If we can't run the football, we're going to get blown out. I'm telling you right now. If we, not, can't, if we don't run for 192 yards, we're going to get blown out. That's going to be 192 yards on 50 carries. <laughs> hey, we'll control the clock. Then we'll control the Got to keep Josh be. Allen on the sideline. Win the yeah, time exactly. of possession. It's going to be handoff right, handoff left. Yeah, a yard and a half at a time. Sometimes that's what it takes, man. Uh, looks right. like on DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, Bills are 10-point favorites. Uh, Nick, go ahead. What's your saddest sports moment? Uh, and, and I'm not going to say it personally because I know Big B is to be the, the Big 12 championship game in 98. And was like, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, as a fan, like, like as a fan, what's, like, your, like, the one you're like, God dang it. Like that sucks. Hmm. And to me, it's funny. I, I I couldn't it was tough for me to think of one, honestly. Like I was like, man. Cause really I don't get too intertwined in sports. Cause to me, I thought Michael Phelps was gonna blow the eight metal thing. That was kind of cool if he got it. Yeah. I I think so saddest me- sports moment. 
I think for me it was Mizzou, Norfolk State, and basketball when they were the two seed and then they lost to Norfolk State in the opening out of the tournament. Lost the 15. I don't, even, I don't really even care about basketball that much, but that one hurt. <laughs> That's awesome. I oh you know you know I'll, I'll, okay I got it uh, I, I I I buried it. It's funny how you know I think I think we, we bury these so deep down inside we don't think about them. But once you think about it, you know. And I could tell you I was at my house in 2012 here in KC and uh, watching Baylor just absolutely murder K State in 2012 when they were undefeated with Colin Klein, that, that hurt. Yeah, I was going to, that, yeah. that hurt a lot. Like that. I was going to really throw hurt. that out there. Cause I went to the game and I oh, thought you were at Waco for that. Yeah, We oh, went to Waco, you know, that old crusty stadium that they had. I remember, and I remember that one. Yeah. He's just like, Oh, we're going down there. We're, this is the easy win. They weren't Baylor. Wasn't even any good at the time. And I'm thinking we get this one. We're going to the national championship game. And we got smoked. That was brutal. I saw Phil Bennett on the sideline of the game when it first started. I go, oh, shit, we're going to lose. Yeah, he had our number. He, yeah, he had our number. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, I don't know. I think the, the 2011 Super Bowl was tough for me because the Steelers were better than the Packers. They were better than the Packers, and they literally could not stop Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson torched the Steelers. Javon Christmas, he dropped two touchdown passes, or the game would have been even worse. And that's what made it, it so bad. I'm like, we're better than them, and we can't do anything to stop them. So it was brutal. Uh, plus, Richard Mendenhall and all his glory, bumbling footballs, but, you know, and then the nonsense of what he said here recently. But yeah, that was pretty tough for me. I was, it was right before we moved down here. Uh, I was going to go to the game, but they had the ice storm here in Dallas. So I was it's like, nah, I'm not going. Um, it's still in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole city shuts down. No, no, so no, no, no. I was, they haven't had a Super Bowl since then, have they? Yeah, it's almost like they're holding them, holding it against them. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I guess this is the time of year when they get we get the ice storm. So it's, it's free. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough to have a Super Bowl here because – it's like, yeah, this is when the ice comes. So, you want to do that or not? It was Thanksgiving. It was like thanks. There was always freaky like snowstorms Thanksgiving in Dallas, and then um, also that that late January window. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's weird, and then it's like beautiful. Like, I mean, it's beautiful. You know, it's like nice. Other than that, around Super Bowl time, but that's why they moved it back an extra week. Uh, Big beat. That's why they put a week eighteen so Dallas could host the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, we need to. They're going to add the second bye week and then bada bing, yeah. bada boom. Then you'll have President's Day right after it. And so you right. do get the day off. Uh, genius. All right, Big B, why don't you take us home? Mine is, is easy and fun. Good. What is your favorite snow activity? Now, I don't mean, hey, we're going on vacation somewhere. I'm talking about as a kid, we had a snow day. What was your favorite activity? Was it like playing football, going sledding? Big snowball fight. Ours was we we went to the golf course. We walked forever to go to this big golf course and played football. And there'd be forty kids. It was that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. And that's pre-social media. That was like phone call, like oh yeah, landline, landline to landline, or like you're like knocking on someone's door. Like hey, everybody kid. knew what they were doing. Everybody I mean, everybody out, walked yeah. outside at the same time, and then it's everybody sense. be like, "We're going to play football." Yeah, it was awesome. There's a sense. Um. I didn't, man, it didn't snow a lot in Dallas. 
you know? So I didn't really, I didn't really like snow day. Um, to me, I just like the feel of snow day. Like when I was a kid, I, I liked the feel that it would stop. Like the world would stop. Like, because listen, you're not finding out at Twitter at 9 PM the night before you're waking up at five 30 in the morning and you're watching oh, television yeah. on that this one weird channel that had like the, like the three colors on it. And you're looking for your like, okay, where's, where's Grand Mountain College Independent School District, right? Is, are, are they going to close? Like, And you literally had to watch the TV for like half an hour for it to scroll, to go through like the alphabet if you missed it. And it was yeah. like, yes, we're closed. But like I said, you didn't find out until, you know, 6.30. So it was right. like, okay. You'd look yeah. away for a little bit and then the the G section would be going, no, Damn it. <laughs> way to get rid Damn it. That was true. It's because and you would think that'd be a day everybody slept in and nobody did. No, you Everybody's can't. up waiting. That's yeah. right. You can't uh-huh. sleep in because lo and behold, they cleared the road out in Timbuktu somewhere and we had to go to school. Like, yeah. what, is, what is going on here? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my thing. Just the, the feel. I like the feel of a snow day. It mm-hmm. feels like a bonus Saturday. It does. I, 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 I like, I just like the feel of a snow day when I was a kid. I'd like the ritual and eh, maybe play video games all day. Play it. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go outside very much if I did. I always lived out in the country uh, when I was growing up, so there was really nobody else around us. So if I was gonna go out there, it would be just to mess around in the snow, I guess, just run around, uh, make us. Sometimes, a lot of the times, especially I can remember growing up, like a lot of the snows weren't good enough to like make snowmen. They're like light, dusty snows, not like wet, heavy snows. Um, so I, I've made a few snowmen back in the day. This snow that just came to Kansas City. Really good snowball snow. Really good yeah, snowman snow. It's it's the good stuff. It's the thick. It's the heavy stuff. Uh, but Nick, I'm right there with you. I just love the feeling of like being inside and knowing the weather outside is just really bad, and just like being safe inside and like cozy and just that feeling yeah. of of just the coziness feeling is is just the best. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. It's an absolute great feeling. I like that big. That's a good one to end on. That's a good. One. Great one to end on. Well, fellas, we'll be back next week. Uh, wild card weekend, super wild card weekend recap. Um, we'll get to talk about all these games going on, who's moving on, and by the time we meet, we will know who's playing who as well. Um, so, go Steelers, go Chiefs. We will be back next week with another episode. For Nick Lucky and Big B, Brian Haley, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you all next week.